All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, Edward here, pleased to be joined by one half of the fellas behind Mercury Games, Rich Doc Diasi. So, Doc, thanks for joining me. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate being on. All right, so, okay, let's start with the heavy-hitting questions. Doc, where did Doc come from? Because Doc is nothing like Rich. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> Although some people have a nickname, Dick, which is like Rich, but I don't like that one. <laughs> I called that a lot. I don't know if there's any correlation. But <laughs> well, my last name is Diosi. Um, it's Hungarian descent. And when I used to tell people my name is Richard Diosi, knowing because it's a foreign-sounding last name, I'd spell it. So I'd say my Richard Diosi. D-I-O-S-I. And they would hear, if you say D-O-C slowly, D-O-C. So I'd get D-O-C, D-I-O-S-I, Doc D-O-C. And I'd be like, uh -huh. no, no, no. I was, I was saying it the first time, spelling it the second. So it just kind of stuck. And in the gaming world, everybody knows me as Doc. That's just, that's how that was born. Easy enough. All right. So I'm going to have you and or your partner, Kevin, uh, back at some point later, hopefully in 2017, for a full Conversations with Heavy Cardboard chat. Right. So today is going to be pretty centric on container, sure. just about all container all the time. <laughs> all container all the time. Okay, good. <laughs> right. So, so first off, for those that are unfamiliar with container, you want to quickly talk about what is Container? Yeah, Container is um, uh, is a game about uh, commodity speculation. Uh, it's a it's a financial based game. Um, there are auctions and bidding in it. You're basically making containers, which are just different colors. That's uh, a little bit about set collecting. You're making containers. You're selling them. People are picking up those containers from warehouse locations with their boats um, and ultimately driving those boats to the main island where you will auction off the contents of the boat. Either you will get the contents of the boat or one other player will get the contents of the boat. Money will change hands. Those containers are then stuck for whoever won them on the main island to be scored at the end of the game. And there is a set collection aspect in that everybody has a different number of victory points depending on the different color of container. And that's all secret information uh, given out at the beginning of the game. Uh, the wily people can try to figure out who's got what um, order of, of magnitude victory points at the end of the game. So then a very quick nutshell, that's container. Yep, uh, all about player-driven economy. Now we did a we did a full review of the game back in episode twenty five. So if folks want to hear more about the game, I would recommend going back and checking mm -hmm. that out. We we dissected it pretty <laughs> thoroughly. You did. I would say I heard that you did. All right. Well, th oh, good. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed that. I then. did very much. Uh so all right. Let's start out with why did you choose container to reprint? Well. Um um, the other half of Mercury, uh, Kevin Nesbitt, um, did the original um, development work um, uh, with Franz uh, before his passing um, uh, and with Thomas. And um, uh, he was heavily, heavily involved in the development of that game. Um, so it was a perfect thing to look at. He's, uh, he's remained friendly with, uh, with Franz's widow. And we thought that it would be uh, it would be a great idea, um, and all with, also with Thomas, to to do something for a tenth anniversary. Just because we love the game so much, we know that a lot of people have uh, have wanted to see the game. It's been a you know big hue and cry to to have the game reprinted. And we thought that's fantastic. Oh boy, is that? Yeah, I mean, we just did Princess of the Renaissance, which is a Martin Wallace classic. So we thought, okay, let's uh, kind of stick in the same groove for the moment, and let's give people what they want. They always like new stuff. New shiny is good, but old shiny is also, is also <laughs> really exciting. 
Absolutely it is. So we reached out to them and, uh, and, and made an agreement. And uh, here we are today coming out with Container again. All right. So why a special anniversary edition versus just a, a regular edition of the game? Well, for us, because we're a small company, um, we realize that there will be people out there who already have the game container and love it. Um, and we do want to try to entice as many sales as we can get. Yeah, you're one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we want to try to entice as many people to buy the game as possible. Because we're smaller, we need sales. Um, so we wanted sure. to have something to entice possibly a person who has the game to say, hey, maybe I would also like to have this new version. If it's an exact reprint, there's probably no chance of that. Um, so it's a simple economic solution in that we want to make something, well, if it's a 10th anniversary edition, it usually is bigger, brighter, better. I was going to say we okay. want to make a big splash, which is kind of, I guess, a little bit of a pun given that you're driving boats around <laughs> the water, right? Um, right. Uh, so we thought, okay, let's do something bigger. The boats... If anybody knows the game, everybody knows the issue with the old boats being out of the dental resin. And right, being very being brittle, fra very frag yeah. fragile. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. They must be yeah, Italian. Exactly. Yeah, fragile. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so we thought, okay, we start to get on this idea of what if we make the boats a little bit bigger um, and also made them look... Uh, the boats were actually really nicely sculpted, but we thought the cubes are just wooden blocks. Why don't we add some new containers that look like the containers with those structured ribbings on them and so on. So this whole kind of thing just, uh, we ran with it and thought, yeah, this will be something that will be nice to have. It'll be a, a nice showpiece as a 10th anniversary edition. And it might also entice people to come that already have a, a copy of the game to say, yeah, I'd like to get another version of the game. Um, so that's kind of how we came about uh, that idea. All right. So... There's been, as I'm sure you may have heard, there's been a little bit of uh, discussion online about what this uh, edition does and or does not contain. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So let's let's just run down the list here. Uh, so, okay. The second shipment, which is the expansion for container that has a lot of little modular uh, mini expansions that p players could or uh, could choose right. what to include in a given right. game. The the two most common that people would include was player loans and the gold shipments. Right. So how does that come into play regarding the 10th anniversary edition? All right. So for one, we will not be having the second shipment uh, expansion in this. However, what we've got, and we'll, we'll touch upon this in a moment with what it does come with. It's going to be a little bit different. So I don't take the wind out of your sails because now you've probably got another question for me. So, <laughs> I appreciate so that. it will not come with second shipment. Uh, however, we are keeping things open for a potential expansion down the road because we've got, a, we've got several other ideas, some of which are not going to come into the box, the original game, and we'd like to have something that maybe we can give a multi-module expansion later, um, possibly second shipment or something very much like it, and a couple of other new expansions that will go along with it. So we thought we're going to keep that out, even though I know it's a very popular uh, expansion. Uh, right. We also had to worry about because this is a bigger game, because we're going to be using some some really good resin, um, the price is going up. And if we put that many more containers in, it's just bigger box, more weight, more pieces. Price just keeps going up and up and up. So we had to cut it off somewhere. So it seemed logical to say, let's, let's do most of the game in its original fashion with our new components. And that's where we stopped and made our cutoff. So we'll not have that. All right. 
All right, so we're talking the base game as we know yes. it, or for those of us that are familiar with the original container, Correct. but there's also something called the investment bank. You want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, the investment bank is a, is a really cool idea. Of course, we believe so, and our playtesters have really liked it. Um, I, I would hope so, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why would we put it in otherwise, right? If, hey, it was a bad idea. We thought we'd just throw it in the box. Yeah, not, not exactly. <laughs> That's not how we work around here. Um, so the investment bank is almost like you have another player at the table. The investment bank is made up of three brokers. And I know this is going to be hard for your, for your audience to imagine it with me just talking, but we'll eventually post some pictures on the geek and we'll get a, an idea. And the idea that these three brokers who have both containers and money that are available to be um, purchased. So this is a second auction mechanic that we've introduced into the game. And by the way, you don't have to play with the investment bank. It's in the box. Okay. You can play with it or you can just play the original game. It's up to you. Okay. So with what you do is you get an extra action on your, not, sorry, you don't get an extra action. You have an extra option for one of the actions you do on your turn, which can be, I want to interact with the investment bank. And you can start or overbid on an auction. You can say, well, listen, I'm going to look at uh, that investment bank broker over there, the first one. He has uh, two containers available. Let's say it's an orange and a black. At the start of the game, it's a random color pull. Later on, the mechanic in the game, the players will decide the colors that are and the number of containers that are going in each location. So there's, there's a All black right. and an orange. I wish to start an auction. There's a little card. I then say, how much money do I think that's worth? So I will bid. I Maybe I put $2 on the card. I've now bid $2 for two containers, which as people out there who know the game, that's a pretty low bid. If that were to come around the table and nobody were to outbid me, as a free action, I get to, I win the auction. The money is now spent, but the money doesn't go to the bank. We're trying to keep all the economy in the game. The money now goes to the dollar sides of all of the brokerages. So I would lay $1 on the first brokerage, regardless of who I bought it from, another dollar on the next brokerage. So if I bought, if I, if my auction was $6, I would put a dollar, 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 go back to the top, dollar, 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 and you keep doing that. And that seeds money into the brokers. Now somebody looks and says, wow, there's an awful lot of money in broker B. Maybe there's $7 there. I'm now going to bid and do an auction for that $7. What do you want to bid? We got to bid containers. Same mechanic, we put containers on, people can outbid the number of containers and the colors will obviously change, right? Because I could bid one black, you could outbid me with two whites. Somebody could outbid you with two whites and an, or, uh, two whites and an orange for three containers. When it finally comes around, you take the containers and you do exactly the same as you would with the money. You put one container, you chose the color, into the top broker, another container to the next broker, another container, keep going through, take your money, now there are more containers available with the brokerage firm, so you don't just have to deal with the players in the game. Matter of fact, some of us that have played the game a lot understand that sometimes, you know, I would really like to see orange stuff, and orange stuff isn't being produced, I don't want to make a factory right. make orange stuff, but hey, you know what? If there's some seated orange stuff over at the brokerage firm, maybe I can go and get some orange there, or I can start to see some other color move out of it. You still have to go and get your containers, at, it's like an extra player island, basically. The investment bank has docking locations. You'll see the art on BGG shortly. You'll go there as part of your turn. You'll pick up those containers. You may go to other players, pick up more, and then go to the island and auction them off like you do as normal. If you happen to not get all of the uh, containers off that investment bank island before the end of the game, there is a mechanic where they are worth some points for you, just like they would be in the regular game when they're left on your ship or sitting in the, uh, in the in the warehouse at the end of the game. So you will get some points for them, just not as much as if you would auction them off. 
That sounds really clever. It, it, uh, you know, how- it really is good. And, and let me tell you, the one big thing that we didn't expect out of it, we, we kind of sat down and did the math. I mean, this is a very mathy game, right? We realized that we didn't sure. think we could break the game with this. And indeed, we've tried our hardest to break it, and we haven't been able to. So we're pretty confident that it's, it's a good mechanic that way. The thing we didn't expect, and kind of a really good spinoff, we hope, is that it has, in some cases, shortened the length of the game. And I know there are some people that want to be fans of Container, but say it's financial, it takes a long time, I'd rather play something else. This might bring people back to Container because it has the propensity to move containers a little bit quicker and which which run the game faster. Exactly. It it, it takes them from the supply, which is the trigger for the game. That's that's really interesting. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never... I've never felt, huh, containers should be quicker. Because um, we, we've always found that it actually moves fairly quick. But I understand your point right. that it gives folks the option. I, I, right? I'm like you. I don't think it's too long. But I do know that people that look at the first look is, it's a financial game. And we determine pricing. Oh, I'm out. And they want to walk away. This might bring folks back in because it's it, it takes it doesn't make the game easier. So it doesn't dumb it down at all. It just gives it another facet. And by moving a, a game that can take three hours, depending on who you are and who your players are, if you can drop it down. We played a game the other day, a test play, and it took us uh, just over, I think it was about an hour and 15 minutes. That's incredible. I was a four. Wow. How, how many players four, in that four player game? game? Yeah. Nice. So, Wow. The one prior okay. to that took us longer. So it has the propensity to make it a shorter game, but it doesn't always. And as I said, you don't have to play with it if you just don't want to. Right. It sounds like it just gives you another thing to manage, another thing to juggle, and another aspect to take into consideration. Uh, it, it is something else to add to your management, um, and it's something that you have a little more control over, potentially, um, than you might with your own production and your own warehouse capability, or that person that just keeps buying whites just before you get to a dock to buy white. Well, maybe you can then put in an auction and bid the guy out to get some white containers that you know you want to take the island because I know you'll pay dearly when they get there for, for an auction. Right. And and if you were thinking ahead, because that's happening more often than not, you can always sell or you know, seed that broker with white right. containers to then be able to get absolutely, absolutely. Yep. And the one, the one thing I should mention for people that were following on did understand my possibly cryptic description of the investment bank. No, I, I think you actually, I think that actually made it pretty clear. Oh, but good. Continue, please. So the one big rule that we found, and it's fun when you play test these things because you find, whoa, there's something we didn't see. What you can't do is somebody could monopolize. Our original rule said, okay, so you, it's just an extra action in your kit bag of actions you can do. So, but as a free action, you get to win the auction. So what happened in our very first game was somebody bid, uh, I think the $3 at the investment bank start, they bid a single container. Nobody wanted to outbid them. Two, two containers for $3 isn't a great deal. So they let it go around. That person won it and then said, I'm going to start another auction. We said, oh, if we let this stand, they're going to start an auction every time. If nobody outbids them, they'll just control the investment bank all by themselves. So, right. so we said, listen, if you do a, uh, an investment bank action, even if it's a free one, like winning the auction, you can't do a second one. So you can't start a new auction. You get somebody else the chance to start an auction on something they want. Okay. So it, it forces or it forces or removes the ability to monopolize Correct. that. Correct. That. And it's funny when you do these playthroughs, because it's a, that's a very simple thing that we just didn't see. And it should have been staring us right in the face. And that very first play, we're like, uh oh, <laughs> but that's why you do play. Testing. Well, it's good that you caught it though. Absolutely. Right. That's what, exactly. That's why you play test this right. stuff. All right. So now taking the, the souped up components out of the equation for just a okay. moment where, so 
the things that people can expect in the box as far as mechanism-wise is the original game of container as they knew it, as well as this new investment bank. Correct. And that's it. Correct. Correct. All right. So now let's move on to the 10th anniversary edition aspect of this, and let's talk components. Sure. All right. So... So seven-inch ships; those are massive. Uh, right? That's yeah, it's it's largish, and I say we wanted to make a splash, no pun intended. So we we said, yeah, let's go for something big and chunky. I mean, you know, the original size was not bad, but we said, hey, let's let's do something a little bit more fun. We often play on bigger tables. I don't think this will be big enough that you'll have people that oh, we just don't have enough room on our table. There's not a lot of components, right? You got your little player right, island, sure. the main one. You shouldn't have a big issue with it. I, you know, I apologize in advance if there are the few people that play on a very tiny table. But I still think the seven-inch uh, ships, you've only got the five of them. They can live anywhere on your table when they're not on your player board. So hopefully that'll be okay. But yeah, you're going to get those those nice big seven-inch ships along with the containers. And if you look on BGG now, you can see some of the pictures. They're getting a lot of clicks. Um, yep. Uh, they, they look, they look kind of sweet, I think. Wait. I, I think they look good. Thank you. Um, you know, it, it definitely is a... As you said, an anniversary edition, a very much tricked out, you know, wow. You know, yes. it, it gives it that wow factor on the table, I would imagine. Sure, sure. So, so, okay. So one of the biggest critiques of the original container was, wow, these ships are really cool, but they're really brittle and they're really, you know, fragile. So so what are these made out of? Have you guys decided a specific uh, material? Well, it, it is going to be a resin, so it will not shatter. It will not be a dental um, uh, material that when you drop on the floor, it will shatter. Um, we're still talking at, at this point. We're, we're in the last few hours of discussing with the manufacturer the specific type of resin, um, but it will be it will be resin. It will be solid bodied, so no hollowed out uh, piece in the middle of the boat. So it will be one big boat. Um, but the actual resin material we're still talking about, it's, it's a matter of, of sense in the production cost, but we want to make sure we match up the right stuff, uh, the right product for the, for, the, uh, for the project. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And then the other main critique about the original container was the color scheme. The fact that a lot of the containers, that just the color choices <laughs> yes. were less than ideal, yes. maybe, is a good way to Correct. put it. Correct. So, all right. So that... That takes care of the fragility of the ships. But now let's talk about the other, uh, I guess, critique of the original edition, which is the color scheme and the lack of very clear color choices, <laughs> yes. I think is a nice way to put uh, that regarding the original container. So what is it you guys are doing to address that and anything in regards to colorblind friendliness on the containers. Yes, we're trying to map, we're trying to meet both of those goals. I know there's some discussion on BGG uh, already about that. We're trying to make it um, uh, uh, colorblind friendly and trying to make it for for folks who can see the colors properly in bad lighting. You don't meet the issue that you had with the original of not being able to see it. So we're still toying with the actual colors. We're listening to people's feedback. Um, uh, you know, I think somebody mentioned on VGG that you can't, you know, let the publisher do what they're going to do. I think it was about the jumbo size. Um, you know, the, uh, 
organizing this by committee never works. And that's true, but we do appreciate people making comments um, so we can see. Sometimes a gem comes up with a, hey, never thought of that. But we certainly are trying right. to have better colors because we know that's an issue. So we try to make low light colors that will work well. And then hopefully we'll also be able to, to ha handle the, uh, the colorblind uh, friendly aspect as well. Our, our trick here is that we want to try to get 10 distinct colors. Right, so somebody had mentioned, hey, change that on the BGG picture. Hey, can we change that color to green? Well, green is one of the player colors, so we want to be careful of that. We don't want people who are new to the game to think, oh, those green containers are my containers. So we'd like to keep 10 distinct colors, five for the players, five for the containers. All right, I was just going to ask that. So, okay, that sounds really, really good. And, and because you brought it up, Jumbo. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the choice of verbiage on the box because for some reason, people are up in arms over this, which I, I, I mean, it's it's making a mountain out of a molehill, I think. But yeah, so so how did the choice of jumbo, uh, I, as opposed to say elephantine, which you know, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, which I use all the time. I, you know, I, I usually try to work it into a conversation at least once a day. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. All right, good. All right. All right. No, seriously, Doc, how did how did that naming come about? You know, it was pretty simple. There wasn't anything scientific. Uh, however, we we talked about it just being a 10th anniversary edition. I thought that sounded nice, but it, it didn't give anybody the concept of, okay, so it's a 10th anniversary edition. I already own a copy of the game. Why the heck would I want this one? You might hear later that it's got bigger components. We thought Jumbo tells you, hey, this is something bigger. It's we didn't mean it to be big like a toy, although if people want to take these in their bathtub and go, or they can, that's totally up to you. What you do in your own time, in your own bathroom, is up to you. Um, but we thought Jumbo gives you an idea that this is not just a 10th anniversary big, this is physically big. It's got, it's got some heft to it, and it's going to be something that, as you said earlier, it's going to be a showpiece uh, type game, which we thought would be a, a neat thing to do. So that's how Jumbo All right. came up. Well, at least it at least now people have a reason behind why you chose. Right, that. and not everybody whether they like agree it. or not, so be it. <laughs> That's right. But at least now they have a reason. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, and the last thing as far as the component aspect goes is box size. Now I know that the, uh, more and more folks, as we start to become hoarders, <laughs> myself included, uh, on getting uh, a large board game collection going yeah. box size becomes a consideration sure. so with this being a jumbo size as well as a 10th anniversary yes. size do you guys have a final idea on the size of the box itself? yes we do and i have the same concern as you and many other of your audience out there uh, i got a large collection according to bgg uh, according to my wife as well so uh, <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um so storing stuff can be an issue we're, we're still working to making sure we've got the volumetric measurements correct, but we, we're pretty certain that we're going to be putting this into a zombicide-sized box, which is, I don't know, it's not that big, I don't think. Um, you know, uh, I think that would be a tiny bit bigger than Star Wars Rebellion, if people know that size box. So, I mean, it's going to have a, a, um, a bit of depth to it, but it's not going, I think somebody had mentioned, hey, we're not going to get one of those queen big box sizes. No, it's not that big. Okay. All right. So somewhere in between uh, Star Wars Rebellion or uh, go off of that size. Yes. Yeah, Zombicide, it's I, think, I think Rebellion might be a little small. I think Zombicide is what we thought. Mm, you know what? It's a, it's a game I happen to have. We thought that box is reasonable sized. Um, sure, it's bigger than most, but it's 
it's good enough. Um, it'll it'll hold the components at the size we have without being ridiculously large. So that's what we're that's okay what we're for. All right, so there we go. So now I know as well as everybody listening. So okay, oh, cool. I have one other thing though, uh, as far as components are concerned. There is all brand new art um, for the player boards and the obviously investment bank and for the central uh, island board. Uh, we're using a talented artist we've used in the past uh, quite a bit, uh, Michael Christopher, um, to to do those. Uh, we haven't shared any of those. They're just being finalized. Uh, we'll show those on, uh, on BGG shortly. And I think people will like those too. I mean, they're just islands. So... Let's face it, the, the islands are kind of a boring thing on their own. They're there for, um, they serve a purpose, but they're not overly exciting. We tried to put a little bit of pizzazz into this edition. So we've, so, so we've color-coded the boards um, a little more than the original game, which just, of course, had the border around it that showed your, your, the color of your ship. So we've color-coded it a little bit better, and we've got some nice little art on there. So hopefully that'll... Uh, and those will match the ships themselves, Correct. correct. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, one thing that I will say that the original edition did a very, very good job of was taking in the functional aspect of the prices that face you are things that you yes. uh, set the price on or as far as what you're going to pay versus uh, what your opponents are going to play. Is that carried on in this edition as well? Absolutely. That was important to do. Yeah. For the reason you said, you want to be able to see the numbers you want to see and you don't have to look over the table and look at a number that's upside down that only you really care about for sure. Good. Glad to hear that. All right. So and I guess the last question about this is... You and Kevin, being the fellas behind Mercury Games, you guys are gamers first and foremost. Yes. And the reason I bring that up is I I feel like we can trust you in a sense that you're going to put function over form. Right. In that the playability of the game, tell me, will come first over aesthetics when it comes to the game. Because I think that's going to be one of the big uh, one of the big concerns that folks have about, okay, is it yeah, it's going to be prettier, but is it going to be prettier to a point that it negatively impacts being able to play the game? No. It, you know, we've used that function over form comment a lot when we're having our little tete-a-tete, Kevin and I, talking about what to do with the artwork for the game. Uh, how is the finished product going to look? Yeah, we, we try in all of our games. This, uh, this will be our, uh, our, our tenth game. I think for those of us that those of the folks out there who know Mercury um, will hopefully attest the fact that we try to keep um, uh, that aspect in mind in every game that we produce. Uh, sometimes it's walking a very fine line, um, but yeah, we, we absolutely want to do that in all of our games. So we'll, we'll hopefully always have function over form. <laughs> cool. And, and that's why I said I, I, I've learned to trust you guys Good. with this because of that. And I just wanted to get it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, sure. that folks listening out there will know, look, that was a concept that we took into consideration. Yeah, absolutely it is. And I invite anybody who doesn't know Mercury, but maybe knows Container, and that's why they're listening to this, uh, please go and check us out on BGG, not as a marketing plug per se, but go and look at the products that we've produced. I think the comments by and large speak for themselves that people have mentioned, and then just go and look at some of the screenshots of our of our stuff, and then hopefully that'll answer the question for people who are unsure and don't want to believe me <laughs> directly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Fair enough. All right. So now let's talk about how, when, 
and all that. So this is going to be coming to Kickstarter. So dish the details. Right. When, when's the Kickstarter going to start? Well, we're we're thinking mid to late July. However, because this is the the most expensive game we've ever produced, we want to get we want to make sure we're going to get as much help as we can out of this. So what we've what we're going to try to do is we're going to put up in the next hopefully few days, if we're lucky, we're going to put up an, an early bird on our website uh, at MercuryGames.com, uh, so that people can pre-order the game there. Um, what we're hoping to do with that is make that the best price. Period. Um, it may only be by a few dollars, but make that to be the best price possible. And then, um, we'll probably limit it because we do want to run a Kickstarter as well. We'll limit the number of people that can go there, but they can capture the best price possible. And then we'll go over mid to late July, uh, open up the Kickstarter, um, and, and have the game there. We're hoping to target, and I think Kevin has already publicly said this in the 80 to 90 MSRP range. We're getting very, very close. We're in the last few hours of finalizing that number. And, uh, we're, we, at this point, we still think that we're going to be able to hit that, uh, that target. Um, so we'll do the early bird, uh, pre-order on the website, go to Kickstarter, run probably a typical 25, 30 day Kickstarter in July with the hopes that we get this game to all of our backers plus our pre-order customers um, before the end of the year. We're hoping it's you know, earlier end of the year, but it's you know it's getting tight. We're already halfway through the year now, and as you know, you got to get in line with the with the production folks and so on. But right. it, we will be producing this in uh, in China, so it'll, it'll go on the, on the boat over. So we're hoping to get it in everybody's hands. Thematic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. We're going to be shipping. Yeah, hopefully they're not floating over. Uh, hopefully they're on a boat themselves, not just in the water. Um, and we're hoping that retail, if we're really lucky, retail versions after that will also be out by Christmas time, but that may fall over into, uh, into early next year. That's an ambitious time frame. It is, but uh, the good news is um, in uh, when we ran our, our first Kickstarter, Guns of Gettysburg, um, we were up against a really hard deadline, which was the 150th anniversary of the battle, and um, we couldn't miss that one, and we actually came out a month early. Um, so again, we'll let our reputation speak for ourselves. Go and look at that Kickstarter if you want to see the comments from folks that were, you know, just tickled pink. As a matter of fact, a couple of folks were able to take the box to the battlefield and take a picture of it on the 150th anniversary. And there's one picture I think in BG of the boxing in front of a cannon on the field. So we we understand how logistics works. Sometimes it doesn't work in your favor, but we've mapped this out so that we're pretty confident we can get this done by the end of the year. Well, if you guys can get a turnaround time in under five five and a half months. I think a lot of people should should take lessons from that when they do Kickstarters. That would be impressive. Uh, all right. Now, you had mentioned an $80 to $90 MSRP. Uh, are you talk, uh, thinking about doing the same thing around that price then for the Kickstarter itself? Or will there be some sort of lower pricing during the Kickstarter? Uh, no, yeah. We're hoping to give everybody a deal on an MSRP. Um, just that you'll get a better deal if you go to the website and they say stay tuned. If you go to the container 10th anniversary page, look for details or just go to mercurygames.com. So we're hoping to do good pricing on both of them. Um, and uh, time will tell whether we can <clears throat> whether we can keep down from the MSRP number on Kickstarter. We definitely will on the website and we're hoping to do the same for the Kickstarter. Okay, fair enough. Um, any kind of add-ons or anything like that planned during the Kickstarter, or are you all going to run it kind of like how you did with Princes of the Renaissance to where it's just one price and this is it? Yeah, I think we're just going to do the one price, this is it. Uh, because this game doesn't 
uh, in our minds work very well. Prince's had uh, had a few um, uh, Kickstarter uh, stretch goals in it because we could. This game, there really isn't uh, any other content that we can add. We don't want to add things for the sake of adding things. I know people in Kickstarter land that love it for the free stuff. I, I know you like that, but in this case, it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, there are some titles to just do, and this one we could make extra cards for some mechanic that doesn't work, and we just don't want to do that. Okay, and you had already mentioned that if you added anything as far as the second shipment goes, it's going to add weight, add space in a box that the price up. therefore wouldn't work. So, right, exactly. Right, yeah, we, yeah, we okay. did have a much higher MSRP for the Kickstarter. So we thought, we'll just wait and we'll see if sales do really well and people love the game. Then we'll be coming out with an expansion soon with a, a mirror. We've got a ton of ideas, that uh, many of which have already been play-tested, that we'd love to, to try to give folks if possible. Cool. All right, so... So that's container. Is there anything else container related specifically uh, that we missed here? Pledge quickly and pledge often when we get the Kickstarter up. <laughs> <laughs> Always be hustling. I like it, Doc. I like it. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to the new edition. Good. I am going to say I am keeping my original edition, though, that's because... Fair. The ships are, are all tricked out. They're painted with heavy cardboard nice. stickers, and they're they're painted with actual colors and all that. So, so uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I, actually, that's one more sure. question. So these these uh, the ships, they're going to be molded in this resin, and this is going to be colored resin. Correct. I assume so. There's there's not going to be a need to paint them, although folks could. Uh. I, paint them if I suppose you, yeah, you could trick them out if you wanted to. We had actually wanted to trick them out in a way. I know somebody mentioned on the geek said, uh, why not have uh, different ship names? Uh, and that'd be great. But every sculpt costs you sure. a More, ton of yep, money. And yep. we're talking a lot, right? Like molds cost like $5,000 for a single mold. Right. So you can make them any color you want, but if you make a, any kind of a structural change, it's a new mold, another 5,000 bucks right on top of the entire project. So we would love to have done that. So if people want to trick out their own, fantastic. Now we do have some ideas. I don't want to release too much. If we end up doing well with this and expansion comes out, we've already pre-thought of some things that can be added to the ships later that will change both the look of the ship and will fit in with a new rule mechanic. So we've got some okay. cool stuff there. Huh. Nice little teaser, Doc. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> All right. So uh, anything else Mercury Games related that's uh, on the horizon? I mean, you and I and Kevin are probably going to talk later on this year, yes. but I figure while I got you here. Oh, fantastic. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I look forward to, to meeting with you uh, later in the year for the sit-down chat. We do have one other production coming out uh, very soon. Um, it's a game uh, called Shoppin' Time. Uh, it's a bit of a departure for Mercury uh, because it's an app-assisted game, something we haven't done before. There's a couple of those in the market already. Um, some folks like them, some folks don't. We think this one fits perfectly with the technology. Um, it's uh, I think street date is uh, July 26th in the U.S. Um, in Oh, so that's right around right the corner, around the corner okay. including at, uh, at at Barnes and Noble, along with your your FLGSs out there. Um, it's uh, it's a game of shopping. Imagine you you walked into a a Walmart type store or some kind of department store, and there are products from all across history. Well, maybe not across history, from anywhere from 1900 up to present day. So you can buy you could buy a bird bath from 1947. You could buy a skipping rope from 1922. All kinds of products. And the idea is that there's a QR code on these cards. You shuffle them, 
you pass them out to people, and it's a drafting game initially, where you'll draft one of the cards out of your hand. And the reason you're drafting the cards, you'll keep them, the reason you're drafting them is it's uh, there's multiple modes in the on the game. One of them is more like a price is right, people be familiar with that, where you've, it, it'll tell sure. you, here's a dollar of value, $12.85, don't go over it. You must draft at least three cards, but you can draft more, one card per uh, deck that you're handing around the table, up to three minimum, as many as you want, and you don't want to go over 1285. The trick is you have no idea what these products cost. That bird bath from 1947 or the skipping rope from 1922, no idea. Uh, we give you some clues in the game as to the price ranges of things, but now you've got to try to decide, what do I think a skipping rope cost? You may not know. Once the game, once the round is over, everyone has collected however many cards they wish. You then, like a like a scanner, you run your card underneath your uh, your device, phone or or uh, tablet. It'll beep just like you're uh, doing something at a, at a store. It'll record all the numbers, and then at the end of the round, it'll then do a little splash screen, which will show you know here's Edward's score, you know thirteen dollars and four cents. It'll be in red because you went over, and here's Doc's score. Right. It's eleven twenty-seven. So he's now the closest. And it'll one at a time. It'll throw up each of the players and show you where you scored. You score more the closer you are without going over. You can have multiple rounds in the game. It's playable in 10 minutes and you can play multiple rounds. It's a, it's a really fast, fun and easy game uh, that uses the technology, I think, rather wisely and creatively and fun, hopefully. All right. So, yeah, this is definitely a departure for you guys as far as both thematically and you know just the the weight of the game because you you guys tend to be on the heavier not not entirely but you're right you have some heavier aspects whether it's the capitals polis sure uh princes or container etc etc so okay so hearing about this now you guys have sent me a copy have not gotten a chance to play it yet i apologize (laughs) but two questions two questions that come to mind immediately number one uh, those prices that you talked about, I, I imagine with the app, those are going to be variable game to game? or No, no, they're embedded in a spreadsheet that you guys will never see in the app. So no one can, well, there would be a way, it would be long and arduous to figure out a price, but somebody who wants to do that is breaking the game for the sake of being a party pooper. Right, yeah, you'll, right, you'll, sure. ne- you'll never know. And I know we did have feedback from a lot of our test players saying, I, I really want to know, what does that skipping rope cost? We can't tell you because there are not enough cards in the game that a person with a good memory will start to remember several of the prices and then it'll make the game on fun because they'll know exactly what they're doing. You could narrow stuff down by saying, hey, by picking these three products, I, you know, I got my price under $10. So maybe I can remember some of that for later that these are at least low dollar items. All right. So there's enough of a variable or uh, enough of a window there to where it's not going to be, you're not going to be able to narrow down the exact number is what you're Correct. saying. Correct. And because we told you you have to pick a minimum of three cards for the game to acknowledge you as a player, um, that you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do one, scan it, and find out what the price is. And you can do that with the entire game. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. That that sounds pretty cool. Uh, and the other, I guess, main question that comes to mind is iPhone and Android? Yes. Yeah. Both uh, and free. Uh, free. Free app download. All right. Uh, cool. All right. So d- the the app will be available like you open up the box and there's a QR code or something like that that you'll be able to go and get. Yeah, or yeah, it'll just work? tell you to go. It'll tell you to, to go to the uh, App Store or Google Play, uh, tell you the name of the game. You just go there and it's a free download. We'll have another little link from our website available for, for folks. If, uh, if they don't know how to go to the App Store, then we'll guide them. So that'll all be in the rule book. Cool. Sounds like a fun little filler game. Yeah, it is. Cool. 
All right. Well, I'm looking forward to sitting down with you and Kevin later on to talk more Mercury games and such later on this year. So, uh, Doc, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join to to tell folks out there the the lowdown on what I think is going to be a hotly can you know excite a game that folks are going to be really really excited about. I hope you're right. We- we, we think so. It's already garnered a lot of attention so far. It drove us up in the hotness pretty fast in the last couple of days on, on the Geek, so we're excited about that. And I do appreciate you letting me uh, come on the show. They don't let me out here at Mercury HQ a lot. Um, so when I heard we could do heavy cardboard, I jumped at the chance because, one, I thought, well, this is great because I'm going to get to work with the, with the lovely Amanda and the talented Edward. No, 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 no. It was the, it was the talented Amanda and the lovely Edward. No, 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 because I've seen you on the video. I think it was the lovely and talented Amanda and just Edward. Yeah, I think that's probably closer to the fact. But unfortunately, Amanda is is making it. Uh, she's pulling in the big bucks right now to where uh, she's somebody in this house has got to make some money. So <laughs> so she's busy doing that. So unfortunately, she wasn't able to join us today. But I appreciate you uh, taking it for the team and just dealing with me, Doc. Thanks. <laughs> no worries. I get some hazard pay. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be me and Kevin next time. All right. Roger <laughs> that. I talked myself got off it. the show. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. No, I, thanks a lot, and I'm sure folks will be really excited to, to get the lowdown. So we'll talk to you in the next few months as we get closer uh, to this actually delivering. Fantastic. Sounds great. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Doc.